Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers, by teachers, and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen, and today, Yvette Pashoglian and I have hit the road and are coming to you live from William Rose School in Western Sydney, one very special place. To begin with, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of Darragland, which we're on today, and to pay our respect to Elders past and present, and to pay our respect to traditional Elders and anyone Indigenous listening today whose country we're on or whose country we are broadcasting this live through. Joining us on today's podcast is Nicole Parker, Principal of William Rose School in Seven Hills. Welcome, Nicole. Hello, thanks for coming. (laughs) Oh, we're so very lucky to have you, that's for sure. And we'd like to start today by just asking you a little bit about yourself and what your journey's been. I've been at William Rose now for about two and a half years. I actually came out, William Rose is a SSP, a school for specific purposes. It's a K-12 school. My background is that I've come from mainstream settings, originally as a high school teacher and then as a primary school teacher. And I was at Matella Road Public School for a long time. And um, I was lucky enough to be asked through EOI to fill a maternity leave position. And from there, it just grew. And here I am now as a substantive principal from November last year. Congrats, Nicole. Can you maybe paint a little bit of a picture for us about William Rose and what makes it this kind of unique setting? Uh, for teachers out there who may have not stepped on stepped foot into a special school, tell us about the excellence in sensory and special education delivery that you have here and also how you see and help the students reach their full potential. Okay. So William Rose, we're a K-12 school and there are 89 students here and all the students that attend William Rose are very different. Um, they had very diverse needs from sensor, like special sensory needs. We have students um, who are blind or have vision impairments. And what, what does a day look like here at William Rose? Is every day different? Oh, every day is completely different. So every day starts, we, all the students come in through our top gates and we have the schools actually divided into three, three different areas. Um, we have our juniors and our, our littlies up the top in our um, kinder and year one and our junior classes and then we have our seniors down in, in a middle section and then we've got a lower section that our middle schools. We signed, sort of run on a um, early years, middle years and senior years, the way we implement the syllabus and everything here because you don't have children, sort of children in K to four, they can all be, you know, you can have them all sort of achieving at the same sort of levels. So it's we sort of divide the school up a little bit differently to mainstream setting. It's very much an early middle years and then senior years kind of setting. The kids interact with each other all the time, lots and lots of play. All our um, playgrounds are set up to support like sensory requirements. So there's lots of equipment, like there's spinning equipment, there's climbing frames, there's different swings that they can go on, there's trampolines. So even the setting looks completely different. When people come in from a different school, you wouldn't have this kind of equipment in mainstream settings. When I first came in from a mainstream setting, I looked at the equipment here and I got heart palpitations because <laughs> I kind of thought, oh, my gosh. But when you see the children climb, like, they can really climb. A lot of the kids sort of even are high potential and gifted students. We have students here who can listen to any piece of music they hear and actually play it. Okay, we have students here that 
Honestly, they can climb anything. They're not scared of heights. So some of the things that you find coming from a mainstream setting that you might not necessarily see, you see it here. It's it's really wonderful. Like, it's wonderful. It's exciting. It's a bit scary sometimes <laughs> as a principal, especially when you see them getting around and moving around. Um, very fast, like you have really fast runners here. Wow. <laughs> they like to run around the playgrounds wow. and everything. Yeah. Kids that like to get on the trampolines and jump really high. But they are all doing that as a response to a sensory need that they're trying to fulfil and that vestibular movement that they need. So the whole school is set up. Even our classrooms all look different. You can't go into any classroom. They don't look the same. Depending on the students in the classroom will depend on the furniture that we have in the classroom. will depend on what the teachers have on the walls, like everything changes the technology in the classroom. We have different technology for different kids. We have older kids that are actually using laptops or desktop computers. We have younger kids working on iPads or specialist communication devices. So everything everything looks different. Every classroom looks different. They prepare meals in their classrooms. We have a mini Woolies on site so that our older kids can actually start to learn their life skills and transition into work experience programs. We have really great teachers who run different programs where the kids learn to do life skills. Like they might be involved in laundry tasks or housekeeping tasks or work skills tasks or anything like that. So it's just, it's completely different. There are laundries in every classroom. There are are toilets in there. The school just looks different from the minute you walk in. It's like a technology hub really because you've got K K to 12, a whole range of I guess, different kinds of staff as well, incredible teaching staff, incredible support staff as well, all working for, you know, different needs and purposes for those students and also to get them out into the world the best way that they can be prepared. So it's a really big job and there's a lot happening here, Joe. Oh, there really is. I think that uh, notion of being a sensory place is so apparent as soon as you walk in and see the, you know, the amazing colour that's everywhere, the different textures, the the fish that are inside the aquarium and, and the picture that you've painted, I think, about every single classroom has, I'm sure, got every one of our listeners, you know, cl- closing their eyes and, and thinking what it could look like and imagining and, but we are on a technology for learning podcast and I, we want to know a little bit about the types of technologies that you've implemented and there's maybe one piece of special technology that's had a bit of an impact here at William Rose. Oh, absolutely. We'll talk about that. The telepresence robot. Fantastic. Yeah. Tell us about it. So we were hooked up with you guys last year because we have students that actually have really sort of serious illnesses and they're quite isolated. And yeah, we were using Zoom and things like that to access, you know, to connect with uh, families in their houses. But the technology, although it's good, it didn't actually meet the needs, particularly of this student that we, we set this up in for particularly, he was actually confined to bed and is nonverbal, very ill. basically and when we worked with mum a lot she wanted to connect him but didn't know the best way and sort of setting up with sort of iPads or or desktop computers trying to access Zoom just wasn't working because it's not interactive as such you know it's a teacher out the front giving a lesson or talking to the kids and the and the kids not really interacting them sitting at the other I suppose at the other end of the uh, the screen, which this child could not do. So that's when um, Learning and Wellbeing had suggested that we reach out to you guys and get a telepresence robot because the kids can actually be involved in manipulating the robot so they can actually... It's like they're in the classroom. It's like a conduit between the house and the classroom and they can actually move the robot around and sort of talk to people in the class and wave to people and that's what it was really good for. 
Nicole, I just want to ask, because I want to understand how the student was potentially directing the robot. How were they actually able to do that or were they able to do that themselves from from home or was mum helping? Mum was definitely helping. So, but there were, there were, there was, it was a family, there were two students involved and mum was definitely helping and really, really, and it was good to have parents online like and on board, but she definitely gave a helping hand with actually manipulating the robot and moving it around. But the kids in the class loved it, like it's two way. So although they were having a great time at home, the kids in the class were having a great time because it's like this red robot that they named and I can't remember the name they gave it, but they gave it a name in the class and because it would move around, because you could take it so it could look at things in the classroom. So if the teacher wanted to point out something on a board or on a wall or something, the the robot could move around and do that. Of course, the kids at this end get a real blast from it because they're watching a robot move around a classroom, which... Let's face it, not many kids have seen. Yeah. Not even in mainstream <laughs> settings, they don't That's get to it. see that. So it was really quite, it's exciting. And we played with it as well, so that was exciting too. Yeah, and that's um, and that's that sounds absolutely fantastic. The opportunity it provided, and I know a lot of our listeners have heard about telepresence before, but for those who haven't, you've painted a really great picture. But it is like a a robot in the classroom, a little bit like what some people may have seen on the Big Bang Theory yeah. when Sheldon dialed yes, in. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so yep. paint us a bit of a picture. What does the robot look like, and and what does it feel like having it in the classroom? Looks like it has a head. <laughs> so that it's got a laptop and as its kind of face almost so it's got and it's really easy to move like the one thing I was scared about I took it down hallways because I was really worried well how how hard is it going to be to manipulate around a room it's actually really easy the controls are really simple too I'm not that technologically savvy so I can say if I could take it down a hallway and into a room it's actually quite maneuverable which I was really surprised about it can get around tight corners and everything so, yeah, and it, it literally is on four wheels. It's got kind of a body almost and then it's got the iPad almost looks like a head and I when, when we first got it, it flops down. <laughs> You've got to wake them up, and right? And you've got to wake it up. I didn't realise you had to turn it I'm going, oh, look, it won't stay up. <laughs> and, and then I realised, oh, and once it's turned on, actually, it's up and it's ready to go. And it was just, it's easy. Like a lot, I you know, people tend to be a little bit scared of technology. I know particularly for teachers during COVID, because kids were learning at home for a long period of time, schools had to embrace technology and there was a steep learning curve for lots of teachers at that time about how they were going to use technology to engage kids at home. I was worried, this is so new and it seems so like a robot, it sounds so huge. I was worried about how it would be embraced here but it's easy. Like it was just so much. It was easier than Zoom. It was easier than anything. You literally click a link and it starts up and it just goes. Incredible. And also to know that the, the students can effectively have their buddy in the classroom yeah. as well. That's a huge mental win for everybody um, and for the, the student at home who's, you know, possibly feeling quite disconnected and out out of, you know, the scope of the classroom and away from friends. So sounded like that all worked out okay. Oh, the feedback that we got from the family was it was fantastic. Like they saw, they'd been out of school for some time and what they saw was him engaging with his peers and laughing. Like the one thing that I got, he was laughing and he was having fun. It was, I don't know, there's the educational element of it, but it was a social and emotional connection. That was the connection that was really important for the family to know that there were people around him and that he could interact with his peers and have a good time. Like he was laughing 
online and they were having a good time. And we have like morning circle every morning. Most of the classes here do morning circle where they talk about what's happening and who's in class for the day to be able to say that they're in class for the day because they're part of morning circle and they were joining in. Um, music therapy going on in the classes at the same time could join in with music therapy, which we run here for the kids because they love music and they love being engaged. So it was fantastic. It's great. We might just dial in. Uh, a bit later, Joe. <laughs> That's a good idea. I love the I'm idea of joining your, your morning circle. And I, I absolutely, you know, love the way you've painted the picture about the difference between the traditional technologies that we've used, like Zoom, uh, to be able to dial into a classroom. And that ability, I think you were mentioning about the student really being able to lead their experience. The kids feel part of it. Like with all, with Zoom and all those others, there's somebody, you, and it's usually a teacher leading from, from the front. The kids might be able to ask questions or put... Uh, text in a chat well that doesn't work at this school anyway as well and we did use zoom um, to run sessions at school but for this student it's almost like they're in the classroom like I can't it's hard to explain it's I think you've done I think you've done a great job to be honest they're part of it so they get to choose if they you know honestly if they want to choose to go and like move over to speak to another friend in the class they can do that they're in control so it puts it gives a student like voice, it gives a power back to the student, it engages them and it gives them control over their learning, which they really need when they don't have a lot of control over anything, particularly during that time. Well, off the back of all this success and maybe growth in confidence with the tech, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next with tech here at William Rose? Oh. Is there, have you got thoughts? Have you got hopes and dreams for what might be possible? What, what can you see happening next? We're looking at all different things at the moment. A lot of sensory activities with tech, which we don't have here. So tech's used for communication here. We get students that come to the school that don't have a means of communicating. They might be nonverbal. If they're not with a speech therapist, they might not have a device that they use for communication, like a lamp device or proloquo, which they actually use. That is, that's their voice. So tech here, we've actually brought a lot of tech in to support families that way through the school and actually teach families that uh, because that communication is really, really important. But we're also looking at other things like how we use tech to be more interactive, how do we engage them, how do we have virtual environments set up. I'm looking at a lot of things at the moment on sort of virtual fish tanks and virtual floors and virtual walls so that kids can actually be involved in sensory activities with technology in the classroom. I don't know what you've got going on in that area, but... <laughs> We're going to have to talk, <laughs> Nicole, quite, that's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> We're the problem solvers, and I think we'd love to tackle that challenge with you. And, and that's, what, that's what we're going to give you next. If you had a magic wand and we could use technology to solve a problem that you might have or a problem that you could see, what would you do with your magic wand? I'd love technology, the technology to be available to all students. Like there are lots of equity issues and they're not a, they're not even coming at a school level, they come before that. A lot of the technology that the kids require here, even the cost of wheelchairs, like an electric wheelchair, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you've got kids and families that are coping with disability that actually require lots of money and lots of funding to actually just participate on the same basis as their peers anyway and it costs a lot of money I don't know how it's solved but getting some some equity into it like we're communication is so important to us here and the the telepresence robot because it allows us to sort of bridge those gaps but 
there's not an infinite supply of money or technology out there. So I'd love to be able to say, you know, that every student comes into the school, they've got a way and means of communicating, they can use technology to do that. That would be great. Well, you've got an incredible insight here from this this setting here Nicole and I think even all the different assistive technologies that your students use um, that the classrooms that you're developing they are incredibly inclusive they're becoming more inclusive what are some maybe some wisdom that you might be able to share with teachers and principals who are listening how they could maybe make their classroom settings or school settings more inclusive with tech. Is there something even basic that you could maybe throw at them and get them to think about? I think I think for teachers, and it's probably my background a bit too, just don't be scared of it. When, in, when innovations come up, just try it, just embrace it and try it because some of the things... I find that taking that initial step about going, I know this is out there, but you tend to think, is it going to be too hard? Is it more work? Like one of the things that a lot of people think, is it going to be something more? Is it going to be something new that I have to learn? It's not as hard as it seems. Like the hard work was done in the background with you guys. The easy part was getting a robot delivered, chucking in a classroom and sending a link. So I think to make classrooms inclusive, technology is really, really important. Um, It actually brings everybody together and it makes those connections but not to be scared of it if something new comes out just give it a go like just give it a whirl just get in there and try it out see what happens oh wow I tell you what that is the best message that we could absolutely finish on today Nicole and we're going to challenge every one of our listeners out there to just go and give technology a try see what magic it could make happen and you might be excited about the opportunities that it provides your students inside your classrooms thank you so much for your time today Nicole thank you and thank Thank you for everything you do every single day. So Yvette, we have come to the end of another edition of the Virtual Staff Room. And as we do, does your school have an amazing story to tell like William Rose School? Would you like a visit from the Virtual Staff Room team to tell your story and maybe also to get your students some podcasting tips from our amazing producer, Jacob? We can't wait to hear from you. Speaking of, this podcast has been produced by Jacob Drews, the master, with the assistance and coordination of the T4L team members behind the scenes. Stay awesome, everyone. Always reach for your true potential and keep pushing through those barriers. Dream big and thanks for joining us. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving.